This week on the mic drop, it is AT&T Byron Nelson time and the buzz is noticeable. Salesmanship Club Tournament Chair Clay Duval joins us to talk about what's new this year, how the strong field is directly related to how much the world's best players love playing in front of our big galleries. He also talks about what it means to use the tournament to provide so much help for North Texas families and kids in need. We also hear from CBS 11 news anchor Keith Russell about his transition from sports to news, his take on this year's AT&T Byron Nelson. And by the way, he's so excited about the upcoming movie Top Gun Maverick, he tells us what his Top Gun call sign would be. You don't want to miss that. But first, we hear from Erica Roseman of Choctaw Casino and Resort about their growing portfolio of sports sponsorships, including the AT&T Byron Nelson. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Trap, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, alongside Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul. Also with us is Next Level Marcus Carr, who plays a starring role in this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. It's episode 62. We're still trying to get this right, Monica. When I think of the number 62 in Dallas-Fort Worth sports lore, you know, there's some, there's some... Cowboys offensive linemen that come to mind from years gone by, like John Fitzgerald and Brian Baldinger, Dale Hellestray, who may have been the first and maybe the only deep snapper to have his own radio show. He used to have a show on the ticket with, uh, with Mark Tuane. Um, but we're not talking about those guys. Episode 62, number 62 is former Rangers reliever, Michael Kirkman. And the reason that I selected Kirkman is because Back in 2010, the left-handed reliever pitched in the first World Series game in Rangers history. He got the last out in an unhappy 11-7 game one loss in San Francisco. Of course, the Giants won that series in five games. Uh, Kirkman ultimately pitched 94 games for the Rangers over parts of five seasons while dealing with a skin cancer battle. So a tough guy, always pulled for him. He, he he pitched one game each with the Padres and Brewers. This is your quintessential, you know, was a fifth round pick of the Rangers in 05 and bounced around really trying to grind out a major league career. I always liked those, those guys. So for episode 62, our number 62 is a man who did something that not many people can say he pitched in not only a Rangers World Series game, but in the first Rangers World Series game. So there we go. Monica, what's happening over at the uh, Sports Commission these days? Lots going on. Oh, lots going on. Uh, this is our busiest time of the year, Sully. Uh, we've got Vex Robotics World Championships wrapping up uh, this week over at the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. And I have to tell you, uh, I think over 32,000 competitors, uh, 40 nations taking place, uh, represented at the at the championships. And it's, it's like no other uh, event that I've ever seen. Uh, Actually, very inspirational uh, to see those kids out there, and uh, uh, just the how STEM is integrated into into this competition and it, what it means for our future. I mean, at the end of the day, these kids are going to be the ones leading our world in in the future years. So, uh, very excited to have them uh, and get uh, through our first uh, year's worth of events. We've got multiple years with them here in Dallas, and hoping to really ex be able to extend that. 
Uh, obviously, the Byron Nelson uh, taking place this week in Sully. Um, I needed to tell you earlier that uh, I almost had to cancel this podcast recording because a, a dear friend of mine called me yesterday, and he's a really good golfer, and he was extended the invitation to play in the Pro-Am uh, this morning. Uh <laughs> Uh, for the Byron, and uh, he w- he was taunting me because he knows that I have a little crush on uh, Brooks Kepka. So uh, he little did- a little crush, a little one, uh, and he didn't uh, know his pairings uh, until the afternoon. So I told him, I'm like, look, if by chance, I I know you know Brooks probably go high up in the order of the big sponsors and everything, but if by chance Brooks Kepka is, <laughs> is your pro that you get to play with, uh, I'm I'll basically cancel my day and I'll be out of the golf course heckling you and, and getting my time with Brooks Kepka. But anyway, excited to see the Byron. A lot of different uh, uh, energy, uh, I think, here in the DFW area, uh, and hopefully a little bit good weather for them as well. Uh, we've got another big announcement this week, uh, or anticipating, that is. Um, I know we've been talking about FIFA World Cup, but Dallas has also been actively pursuing a rugby World Cup for 2031 for the men and 2033 for the women. Uh, World Rugby is uh, due to announce, I believe it's tomorrow, uh, the uh, selection of the countries. Uh, So very similar to the FIFA World Cup process of selecting the country that will be the host uh, and then narrowing down uh, later on throughout the years as we get a little bit closer on who those uh, host cities are. But uh, I think uh, we, as always, have a a great shot with AT&T Stadium, uh, Toyota Stadium, Cotton Bowl Stadium, all the facilities that we have here to host both the the men and women, which I think is pretty special. Uh, Big 12 baseball, we'll, we'll be turning our focus uh, next week to really hone in on that. Uh, the field is set, the teams, we, we know who are going to be out in Arlington for May 25th to 28th. So that's a, exciting, first time for it to be back um, in the DFW area in a very long time. And then we're set to uh, really f- hone in on a big announcement on May 25th at Next Tour Live at AT&T Stadium. Uh, where we'll have the Mexican national team there and uh, look for uh, something where we can kind of be excited for the future. So uh, a lot going on, but uh, I I wouldn't change it. That's for sure. You always have a lot going on. And just the, you know, from Vex Robotics to rugby last week or the week before we talked about cricket, you know, the events that you bring to our area drive not only uh, impressive economic development, but they're fun and they're ways for people to come together. And I encourage uh, our listeners, keep an eye on the Dallas Sports Commission website to learn what's coming and how perhaps you can volunteer to be a part of some of these events, right, Monica? The, the oh. community plays an important part in the appeal for luring these these big events. Yeah, Sally, I just I forgot to mention that I've spent two days on uh, calls with the uh, NCAA Women's Final Four talking about, well, wrap-up meetings with the Minneapolis who just hosted. So uh, they sh- they impart their knowledge on us and give us their recommendations and lessons learned. So the I guess instead of torch, I guess the ball has officially been passed to us uh, to – to start the planning process from a local organizing committee standpoint and volunteers are a key part of that. We, we had a very extensive conversation uh, about volunteers and the importance of them and uh, how to structure that program. I mean, we're, we're familiar with the volunteer process because of the major events that we do, but, um, or have hosted in the past, but you know, you can always do better and really want to be able to engage our entire community because I think, this women's final four is going to be a special, uh, especially the lead up and uh, final celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX. So, 
Well, that's happening. Of course, uh, the Rangers are off to a good start, won five of their first seven in May. Mavericks uh, knocked down uh, in game five, game six coming up. Uh, by the time this this drops on Friday, the result will be known of uh, of game six. But we'll talk Mavericks, uh, Suns more next week. Of course, the Stars have been uh, impressive. Jake Ottinger, the young goal, goalie, has been great. Uh, Stars Flames, we'll talk about next week as well. Uh, but we're back to talk about the AT&T, Byron Nelson, and much more uh, in a moment. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. Dallas is known for its big wins when it comes to sporting events. Whether it be Final Fours, Winter Classics, Pro Drafts, or even international soccer matches, Dallas sets the standard. And now it's time for our biggest win yet. We want the 2026 World Cup. The Dallas Sports Commission is working hard to bring the World Cup back to our great city, and we need your help. Head over to DallasWorldCup2026.com to sign the pledge to bring it back. Be sure to follow us on all social media at World Cup Dallas to stay up to date on all things 2026 World Cup. Thanks, Rach. And now uh, we're pleased to have to joining us here on the mic drop, Erica Kozman, the Senior Director of Gaming, Brand, and Partnerships for Choctaw Casinos and Resorts. She's got a big job. She oversees the creative and strategic team that drives all the brand and marketing initiatives for all of the Choctaw Nation businesses. And we'll hear what this includes. 20 gaming sites, 16 travel plazas, several restaurants, and 65,000 acres of ranches and farmland. We've got it all for you here on the mic drop. Uh, as we welcome Erica to the show, we hand the mic over to Next Level Marcus Carr, who had the chance to talk with Erica on site at the AT&T Byron Nelson, where uh, Choctaw Re Casinos and Resorts are a sponsor. Well, Marcus, take it away. Thanks, Sully. Me and Erica are live from Choctaw Club at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Erica, Choctaw's increasingly gotten more involved in sports marketing, specifically the AT&T Byron Nelson last week, at, or two weeks ago at the Club Corp Classic. You know, how do you determine what partnerships you go after in the sports industry? Hi. Hi, Kevin. Um, really, everything is about elevating our brand, elevating um, our events and our partnerships around the DFW area and making people, you know, more aware and uh, interested in Choctaw, both in the gaming resorts and in the nation. So uh, really, it's just about uh, partnering with tier A partnerships that come into the property and uh, making them elevated and fun. So is it just as simple as saying, you know, we're trying to push our gaming or our casino resorts? What all goes into it? Oh, it's a very multi-level process that goes into it. You know, partnership is not transactional. It's truly, uh, you know, a multi-beneficial for everyone. So it's not just about us. It's about making sure we have the right partners in all aspects of it. So that way, you know, making sure the Byron's the right partner and Momentus is the right person we want to, you know, right entity we want to support and making sure that, you know, the people around here are people that are interested in Choctaw and people that would want to come and be a part of that. The Rangers recently renamed their old stadium, Choctaw Stadium, That's which right. will now be used as, you know, soccer, rugby, all kind of miscellaneous sports. How did that come about? And, you know, what do you look forward to uh, that partnership looking like? Well, you know, I think that Choctaw Stadium and that entertainment district in Arlington, I think everything coming there, whether it's the Medal of Honor Museum, you know, uh, uh, the flagships with AT&T and the Rangers Ballpark, I think 
those things are just getting started and I think that development with Choctaw Stadium there is just going to continue to grow the awareness of North Texas and our awareness as well for Choctaw so you know we're excited to what Choctaw Stadium is going to bring for the entertainment district and look forward for things for years to come. The gaming industry has really taken off in the past five to you know seven years what have you seen particularly for Choctaw's involvement and you know what do you see the future looking like for, for the gaming industry? Well, you know, I think gaming, as we've all seen across, you know, not even the nation, but the world, uh, sports betting and iGaming has taken on a completely new take in gaming and what that means to the public. Uh, I think that's going to be a continued diversified approach to gaming and getting the next generation interested. Of course, Choctaw's interested in that. And then also developing our uh, footprint across uh, our tribal reservation. And so this summer, we're going to break down ground on a new resort in Town, And we are super excited about that. And for most people probably listening, they've probably been to Broken Bow or the Town area. And we're excited to bring another development to that area to have people entertain and relax and, and game. That's awesome. Your position particularly allows you to work in so many different faucets of, you know, the industry from, you know, restaurants to entertainment to sports. You get to do so many cool things. A lot on the business side, what is the best advice you've, you know, received on, on this journey you've been on? Oh, that's a great question. I think one of the things is to uh, to say yes to things that you that may scare you a little bit. Say yes to things that may uh, not look normal or uh, unconventional, and then build around those not only for yourself as a person and a career person, but also for the brand you're building. And you know, look for unconventional ways to bring people into your fold of, of what you're doing and, and how to make them interested in and who you are and what you're doing, both personally and professionally. You just talked about how, you know, you're trying to expand expand gaming into Choctaw Nation, into tribal uh, areas. What is something you wish people knew about Choctaw Nation? I wish people knew uh, what the Choctaw Nation and the Choctaw people do for not only the state of Oklahoma, but their tribal people. You know, we, we have a beautiful brand new cultural center across the street from our flagship property in Durant. Um, we're the third largest tribe in the nation with over 200,000 tribal members. And, you know, I wish people knew all of what our commercial developments do for our tribal people. I mean, I think that's so important and that makes us different from a lot of businesses. You know, we're always looking to give back much like the Byron, but we're also looking to get back always to our tribal people. And that's what makes our decision making first. Thank you so much for your time, Erica. Yes, thank you. Awesome scene here at Choctaw Club. Make sure to come out this weekend at the AT&T Byron Nelson. It's the place to be the hottest spot at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Best of luck to you, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. We are now really pleased to welcome to the mic drop Clay Duval. He is the chair of this year's AT&T Byron Nelson. He's been a member of the Salesmanship Club since 2010. Of course, that's the nonprofit organization that runs the AT&T Byron Nelson. He is a UT alum, so I know he's happy about Scotty Scheffler ranking number one in the world, and that makes Monica happy. He spent the last 25 years with Lincoln Property Management, where he now serves as Executive Vice President of Finance. Clay, when I think of Lincoln uh, Property Management, I think of the village. My wife and I both lived in the village before we were married decades ago. Four of our five kids have lived in the village, three of them in more than one place. Two of our kids still live in the village, and 
uh, you just you just can't beat it. It was a positive experience for our family to have that connection to Lincoln Property Company. So, but we got to get back to golf and welcome you to the mic drop. Uh, great to have you on, Clay. Thanks for your time. I know how incredibly busy it is right now for you. No, I I appreciate the opportunity to join you all. Thanks thanks so much for having me. So, Clay, the, the, the Byron Nelson is underway this week for a second year at uh, TPC Craig Ranch. There are many new fan experiences this year. Can you tell us about what people can expect this year? I mean, I'm going to be out there, uh, so I, I'd like to know as well. Sure. We're, we're, well, we're, we're excited to have you, of course, but um, excited to have all of our fans join us. Um, you know, we, we've, we've taken steps from, from last year, and, and it was limited attendance last year, but it'll be a fully wide open Nelson this year. And uh, we've added a number of things and, and, and a bunch of things for, uh, for the general public. So around 17, we're going to, and it's going to be a stadium-like feel, and we're going to have uh, public bleachers, um, you know, both on the green and the tee. Also going to have uh, the Tito's still house on 18 green. Uh, as well as the autograph zone will be right there on 18 green for, uh, for, for our younger fans to come, you know, get autographs. Uh, that's the only place they're able to do that. Um, for our, our wine lovers, we'll have the wine, uh, the Mayomi wine lounge on 14 and, um, Cadillac club and city lounger on, um, 11 and 10 respectively. So a, a little something for every, everyone, including, uh, Garrison Brothers Distillery Bunker, which was there last year, that y'all might recall, right off the of nine, uh, nine green. So, uh, uh, you know, a little something for everyone, and uh, and it's going to be a, a great four days out here at TPC Craig Ranch. Well, I, I feel like I know the answer to this next question, but you know, after 2018 and 2019 at Trinity Forest, then 2020 canceled, and 2021 uh, crowds were limited by COVID, as you mentioned. Uh, do you feel the Byron Nelson we all know and love uh, and, you know, have come to embrace over the years and years is finally back? We, we sure think so. Um, we're very fortunate to be here at TTC Craig Ranch in the city of McKinney. In the city of McKinney, uh, not, not only the mayor and his office, um, but, but all of the, um, you know, all the folks that, that, that live up here have just been beyond supportive of our tournament. And um, you really can feel the energy. I was actually out on the course for our Wednesday Pro-Am uh, a little bit earlier. And, and, and there's already, you know, quite a few folks just showing up just because they wanted to get out, see some of these great players and see the golf course and see what we have set up for the next couple of days. So uh, you're starting to be able to feel the energy uh, even on Wednesday, which is fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think people have been excited about it, uh, well, for weeks now that it was approaching, but I, I can definitely feel the energy in, in the city and in the region this week. Uh, I've got friends who've been reaching out who I probably haven't been to the Byron in, uh, you know, over four to five years, and they're like, I I, I, I really want to get out and, and see that. And, it, you know, I think uh, some of that goes to also the, the strength of your field this year, obviously headlined by world number one uh, Scotty Scheffler, which uh, – fellow Longhorn here myself, so excited about that, and uh, including Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and and many others. Uh, do you kind of take this, Clay, as a sign that the players are really embracing TPC Craig Ranch? Yeah, we, we do. I mean, um, 
first of all, the golf course is in phenomenal shape. It's it's as green as I think I've ever seen it, and um, and so you know that that and and they really enjoyed it last year. They like making birdies, and th- there were a bunch of birdies to be had out there. Um, and, you know, and, you know. Also, these guys love playing in front of a big crowds, right? And they love they love feeding off of that energy, and so we really feel like once once you come through nine, you know, you're just going to be feeding off of, you know, kind of there's a venue almost every green after that. And, uh, and, and these guys will start feeding off of that energy from the crowd. And so uh, I, from my conversations with them, we know they love playing in front of these crowds and are, and are, and are super excited to be back here at TBC Craig Range. Well, and we know that, uh, you know, John Drago, who's a friend of the podcast, uh, your tournament uh, director who runs the, the, the golf part of this, a master PGA professional, we know he, he is, does a phenomenal job. But talk a little bit, you know, people, the, the fans see the, the AT&T Byron Nelson pop up once a, once a year, you know, for four days with some other activities around it. They have no idea what goes into making this tournament so great. Talk a little bit about the year-long process, like what happens throughout the year to put all this together. Yeah, great, great question. And and first of all, you're right. Um, John Drago is the best in the business. He's a consummate professional and um, somebody I've had the pleasure of working with over the last five years um, as worked up through the ranks here at, at Salesmanship Club. Um, but he, he's phenomenal and we're blessed to have him. And so, in terms of what happens uh, with the tournament, really, it, it starts. We give everybody about a week off. You know, we get a Memorial Day, and then we start collecting data. So you start collecting debriefs from from all of the marshals on the holes, from all of the venues uh, around the golf course. You know, transportation. You know, every single facet that goes into it, and and then we start trying to figure out, okay, how can we improve upon what we did last year and no doubt we'll go through the same process this year and there'll be things that that we know we can improve upon and and add to Um, and really that's a lot of June trying to figure out how we can improve and what we can add you know what you know where we can move it and then and then um, as you all know you know corporations have to have their budgets in place by the end of the third quarter and so a lot of our corporate venue that's a lot of our corporate venue reach occurs in that third quarter so that we can get these folks, you know, lined up, uh, get them in the right place for their customers, and um, you know, have you know, have them out there. And then after that, you know, is when we start is when we start really start selling, you, you know, the rest of the product and the rest of the things we have out there. But you gotta set your plan in place in June and July, get to your corporate customers, you know, by the by the third quarter, you know, and then and, and then you start working on you know the rest of it. Um, and so that's pretty much the process, uh, you know, you know, throughout the year until we get to close to the tournament. And then we really start, you know, cranking up the details and making sure that we're, you know, you know, crossing our, our T's and dotting our I's. Not, not everyone realizes, Clay, that each week on the PGA Tour, these, these tournaments are put on, uh, for the most part, by nonprofits. And there's an enormous impact for good in communities all around the country. Well, it just so happens that no place does it like like you and the salesmanship club do uh, here in the Dallas area. Since 1968, the Byron Nelson has raised 172.5 million dollars. 
for Momentous Institute. This is the most financially successful charity on the PGA Tour. How, how have you accomplished that? You know, I think it's the um, the Salesmanship Club, right? Is a is a is a group of men and women that uh, that are you know invited to be uh, to be a part of it, and they're the red pants. We could not do this at all though without our our blue pants and our volunteers. But the the reason um, the reason being behind uh, the success of the tournament, in my opinion, is just the culture of that club, and the club is focused on one thing. And that, and, and by the way, we're the only tournament on tour um, that, that gives to just one charity and runs our own charity. And so we run our own charity, Momentous Institute. I know you all are aware of that. But the men and women who are members of Salesmanship Club uh, are passionate about what Momentous Institute does, which takes care of education and social-emotional health for children in North Texas. And, um, and there's no, no greater cause, in our opinion, you know, been helping kids and families in need. What is it like when you meet one of those families or one of those kids who have benefited uh, from from all of your efforts to make uh, the AT&T Byron Nelson as successful as possible? I think that's why everyone in the red pants are so passionate about this tournament, because when you meet those uh, children and their families, you, you know, you, you know, you know, you've you've helped give them a a, a chance. I mean, our elementary school that Salesmanship Club runs, uh, the Momentous Institute, uh, has uh, when we only go through fifth grade, the, the elementary school, but it has a 96% high school graduation rate, which is just you know outstanding. Um, you know, you know, and so um, it's a, it's it's those type of things that you're like, man, these. The people and the staff at Momentous Institute are the best in the business, and they're helping people around, literally around the world. We're now on um, three continents, uh, you know, with our with our change makers, uh, you know, curriculum, and and so helping people um, that we'll never know around the world. But that's why we do this. That is 100% why we do this. Is Momentous Institute and the work that the staff puts in. So I'm getting a lot of questions, or I have over the past few days, of, Monica, do you have any tickets? How do I get tickets? And uh, I'm hearing maybe we, we have a sellout uh, situation here. So um, are people able to uh, get tickets still to, to go to the Byron Nelson, or are there, are there other ancillary events and concerts uh, on Saturday that people can still attend? Yeah, so Monica, I'm getting the exact same questions. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, I've, got, yeah, I've got a long, I got a long list as well that I'm not able to accommodate. The only way to, uh, we are sold out for the first time since 2008, which is fantastic. Um, the only way to get tickets is to buy them, you know, through, uh, you know, a, a, another, um, you know, off market, uh, you know, intermediary. Uh, but we do have a couple of things, which is we're bringing concerts back. Um, we're going to have a free event open to the public on Friday called, uh, with the Spasmatics, which is a 1980s cover band. They're a, they're a lot of fun, and that's free to the general public. And then on Saturday, uh, we have um, Lee Bryce, country music star Lee Bryce, and he's um, kicked off by the Band of Heathens. Um, and those tickets can be bought at attbyronelson.org. It's very uh, relatively inexpensive ticket. It's only forty-five dollars, and um, 
I know that's better than, than most of the, the concerts I've gone to. So we're super excited about that. It's going to be one hour after the last putt drops, which we expect to be at six, uh, six o'clock on Saturday. So should be, should be a ton of fun for everybody. I know my family's going to come out and, and excited about uh, listening to both groups. Well, I think you're right. $45. That's a pretty good ticket. And uh, so some pretty good concerts and entertainment uh, taking place. So, Everyone listening, if you can't, uh, if you don't have your tickets um, for the Byron Nelson, one, get them earlier next year, but two, uh, go ahead and get out to and and get those concerts because that's a that's a great benefit. And uh, well, Clay, I'm uh, really excited for uh, the Salesmanship Club, Momentus Institute, everything that the AT and T Byron Nelson does for for the community. Uh, I. I think the weather gods may be, uh, you know, shining down on y'all this week. So the weather, I think, looks uh, looks good. So uh, much success. And uh, I think all of, uh, I know the Mic Drop crew is out there uh, working this week. And uh, hopefully a lot of our listeners will be able to take part as well. So uh, best of luck uh, as you continue through this week. Well, we are fantastic. And um we appreciate all that uh, all y'all do, and I look forward to seeing y'all out here uh, at the AT&T Byron Nelson. All right. And over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rachel. And now we are pleased to welcome back to the mic drop, Keith Russell, morning news anchor at CBS 11. He made that transition last January after six or seven years as the uh, sports anchor. Keith, welcome back to the mic drop. Uh, I'm happy to be back. I'm still talking about, you know, the Mavs and the Stars, and we're getting set for the AT&T. Byron Nelson just did the Club Corp Classic, and soon after that, Charles Schwab Challenge, but I'm also you know, day by day, each morning, talking about the uh, the war in Ukraine and the gas prices and the economy and, and the uh, political scene and the uh, various elections we've had. So I, I've started to uh, branch out, and I got to admit, I, I, was, I was undecided as to how this was going to go. I was going to give it my best shot, but I absolutely love it. But now you're one of those people that has to get up really, really early in the morning. How is I that? I get up at one thirty. Well, that's that's that for me, Keith. That's called called the evening. So, uh, uh, how how is that working for you? Was that a tough adjustment? Um, yes and no. Um, uh, at at first, I think the natural adrenaline carried me of just starting something new and being excited about the challenge of learning and growing and doing something that you're not necessarily the most familiar with because you just haven't had a chance to do it. And uh, at first, I think the natural adrenaline got me up and I didn't even have to wait for the alarm clock to go off at 1.30. I was like, man, it's only 12 midnight, I'm ready to go. But uh, now, you know, I think uh, I started on uh, January 31st and now I've kind of settled in to the point where it's become part of my routine and part of my lifestyle. I will tell you, I have an unfair advantage, like when people, my friends and colleagues said, oh, man, you're going to the morning show. It's a great show. And I think it fits your personality. But the man, that schedule is terrible. And I just said, hey, here's the advantage I have. 
is my wife is a nurse manager at Methodist Hospital in, in Oak Cliff in Dallas. And so she gets up at 4.30. So we've been living for the last three years where she gets up at 4.30 and I was working the night shift. She works Monday through Friday. I worked Wednesday through Sunday. We never saw each other. Now I'm one of the few people who's join, who joins this shift and says, this is bringing my life together. That's a good thing. And I, I know from personal experience that if you're a naturally curious person, which I know you are, you really can learn all these other things. Your skills translate to other fields like going from sports to news. I think sports is the greatest training ground for almost anything. In fact, it always you know, amazed me when a news anchor or a news reader on some national outlet could say the name of the, you know, the, the, the prime minister of some far off country, of but could not pronounce the name of, of, you know, a sports star who, who, who was in the news headlines uh, for a given day. And, you know, sports, there's a, always a lot happening, just like on the international scene. Have you found that, that, that your sports background specifically actually was good training for, for uh, doing interviews and, and reporting on, on news? I have because I find that, um, and, and I know uh, uh, Monica can relate to this as well, because even when I've done interviews with Monica, she's so conversational and she puts things in a way that she's not talking over people's heads, even though she obviously uh, possesses a level of business you know, acumen where she could easily talk over everyone's head, especially when it comes to like certain mergers and all these big projects coming in to Dallas and the Dallas Sports Commission being at the forefront of that. So she could be way up there in the stratosphere talking, but she brings it down to a level you can understand. And I think one of the things about sports that I've been able to do is when I'm presenting stories, the first thing I do when I'm looking at the scripts each morning is how would I say it to my buddies? How would I say it in a way where they can, it's palatable, they understand it, they can digest it, and it's not just using verbiage that sounds like cool news verbiage. So I think that's one of the advantages of sports is you talk in a way that is normal people talk. You don't talk way up there in the stratosphere. And the other thing is because games change so fast and the team can be leading until the 20, last 20 seconds. Somebody can hit the game-winning shot. Somebody can kick the game-winning field goal, hit the walk-off home run. What that does is it teaches you to adjust really quickly. So when they say this story, we're got, we have to get rid of this story. We're tight on time. So we're going right from that story to that story. I, I'm already like, okay, I got it. I, I can, and, and I'm already thinking, how can I transition to a story that I didn't know was coming next? And how can I transition when, when the meteorologist is tossing back to me? Or how can I transition out of this story tossing to her? And sometimes you just get straight to it because you're coming out of a sensitive or serious story and there's no room to play around. But sometimes when you have a lighthearted story, it's like, hey, I can have fun with this. We, we're looking at 90s and we're, we're approaching 100 degrees every single day. Well, the Mavericks, they weren't in the 100 degree territory last night. They look like they were in Alaska. So I think that it gives you a platform to do that, whereas some people have to acquire that after almost 30 years of covering sports, I believe I possess a lot of that, as you said, Kevin, already. I think I already have it. So, so Keith, when you found out you were going to be making this transition, uh, was there a few people or a mentor or someone you reached out to to say, okay, give me the guidance or give me some thoughts on, you know, what could make this easier on you to, to, to make this transition? 
Um, yes. Uh, one of my mentors, his name is Kevin Frazier. He is one of the uh, uh, lead faces on Entertainment Tonight, which is uh, Paramount, Viacom, CBS. It's in the same family of the company. But even prior to that, he went to Morgan State University in Baltimore a few years ahead of me. I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore, and we follow similar tracks. Now, obviously, his career is like, you know, on a uh, different level, and I'm very proud of him. But one of the things that's helped me is being able to, to reach up to someone who's gone to places that maybe I would hope to go to one day and, and who can provide me that blueprint. Like, and I would ask him, how do you go from sports to entertainment? Because it seems like it's all in the same genre, but it is nothing. There, it, there, it's not the same. I mean, to be able to sit down in a Hollywood A-lister's house is a lot different than me going over to AAC and sitting in the back of a press conference room and asking Jason Kidd a question. It's a lot different. And I know that there's a, only a special few people who have what it takes to do that. So for him to uh, impart on me, hey, just be yourself, be okay knowing what you don't know, don't try to guess what you don't know. If you find yourself in a position where you don't know it, don't ever go on air and say something you don't know. Because now that you're starting to talk about some serious stories and stories that impact not just you getting who had more points, who, how many points Luca had, you can get that wrong. You can get wrong, you know, how, how many uh, uh, home runs this guy has. You can get wrong how many goals Jamie Benn has scored. You can get that wrong how many passing yards Dak now has after this game. You can be a little off. You can't be off when it comes to stories that deal with legalities, that deal with people's safety, that deal with health, that deal with crime. You can't be off. So if you don't know it, don't say it. And that was one of the biggest pieces of advice. And the other thing was be okay reading your scripts out loud before you go on air. Don't be the cool guy who says, oh, I got this handled. I don't want my colleagues over there looking at me as I'm reading my scripts over and over again before I go on air. And some scripts I won't be able to read because they come in spur of the moment. But the ones that you do have beforehand, read them out loud. Read them out loud to the top of your lungs and don't care what your colleagues three desks or four desks over think. Because as long as you are uh, uh, delivering it in a way that's understandable and effective and accurate to the viewers at home. That's who you're serving. You're not serving the people sitting four desks over. So yes, I was able to um, reach out to him and ask him, hey, do you think I can do this? And his answer was, absolutely. You're bright, you're intelligent. You, you as you say, Kevin, you're curious. You have a uh, desire to learn. And more than that, you have a desire to grow. And you're okay taking a criticism. And part of our business is being able to take criticism. And a lot of people in any business can't take it. In pro, pro sports, athletes sometimes can't take criticism. I can say, hey, Keith, you need to do that better. Or that really wasn't that good. Here's how you can make it better. Okay, tell me how. And the next time, I promise it's going to be better. So I think, yeah, that, that helped me tremendously. Well, I think you've been uh, doing a fantastic job, and I think it's uh, also important that uh, we have those people that we can reach out to that'll be honest with us and uh, give us some pointers uh, along the way. So, Keith, I got to st- get over to a sports question for you. I mean, obviously, we, yep. I, I'm fearing, I'm here, I'm feeling the excitement uh, of the AT and T Byron Nelson uh, this week. We've got a stellar field uh, taking part. 
any predictions there? Uh, does it feel to you like the Byron Nelson is back to the Byron Nelson of of the past that we've uh, come to come to know and love? Absolutely. Um, I was just there uh, yesterday, and I went to do some um, interviews for some feature stories we're doing. I'll be there live on our morning show uh, tomorrow from five to seven a.m. Um, a couple of the stories we've done, or I, I, I've actually done this week, um, David Craig, you know, TBC Craig Ranch is where the Byron Nelson is being held now for the second straight year when it moved to McKinney from Trinity Forest. And before that, it was at TPC Four Seasons in Las Colinas. Well, Craig Ranch, to a lot of people just, oh, that's just the name of a golf course. No, that's the vision of a man named David Craig who had the vision to bring the Byron Nelson to McKinney, who bought a few parcels of land back in 2000. And when there was nothing out there at, at, and, and where that exists, and not only did he develop the, the, the course, he developed residential housing, retail space, office space. And he was able to show me what McKinney was when he first bought the few parcels of land in 2000. And he said, dude, there was one lane east, one lane west. And you, it took an hour and 20 minutes to get to DFW. Now it takes 20 minutes. And now McKinney is the talk of the town. And last year, obviously, there was limited capacity and uh, it rained for the latter half of that tournament. This year, the, the forecast, at least, I'm going to blame it on meteorologist Annalise Parks because it parks <laughs> if it's not, but at least the forecast is supposed to be great this week. And uh, I, I think the field is, is star-studded. Um, we walked around the course, the 17th hole, par 317. Well, that's the same as the 16th hole at, at the Waste Management uh, Tournament in Phoenix, where it's going to be the ultimate party. It's 360 degrees, the fans around that hole. That's going to be the ultimate party. You got Jordan Spieth, who is obviously an icon beyond belief in this area. And now you have this new icon, Scotty Scheffler who's the number one player in the world and the reigning Masters champ. Well, guess what? They're in the same group. They tee off in the same group at 106 on Thursday. You know how large that gallery is going to be following them in the same group? And even if they're both fortunate enough to make it through the weekend, you're going to have the two biggest crowds behind the two biggest stars in Dallas-Fort Worth in the golf circles. And, and it's, it's going to be an amazing turn at Peggy Nelson. I spoke to her, the widow of uh, the late great Byron Nelson, for whom the tournament is named and how his legacy carries on to this day. And one of the stories I'm, I'm proud to tell is for a lot of the transient residents here, people are moving into Dallas-Fort Worth because it's so popular and everybody loves it. And I, I'm, a, I'm a transplant. I got here in 2015. Who was Byron Nelson? Why was he so legendary? Why was he so big and so important that the tournament has been in his name since 1968? I'm going to tell that story. Uh, I'm going to tell the story of the guys with the red pants. Why do they wear those red pants? Who are those guys with the red pants? What are they doing over there? Well, I'm going to tell the story of how charitable they are and how their mission is to raise proceeds for the Momentous Institute. Then my co-anchor, Brooke Hath, what is the Momentous Institute? Why is that so important? So we're going to do a great job of covering this tournament. But to answer, to answer your question, uh, Monica, I think this year is going to be unlike any other because I feel like we're finally, you know, at the, I won't say we're at the end of the pandemic. What I will say 
is we're finally at a point where everyone's comfortable living life, quote unquote, normally. And I think that the amount of people they expect to have there, at least 30,000 a day, it's going to be electric. And let Jordan or Scotty end up in that final pairing on Sunday, I think you're going to see records that we haven't seen. Well, and, and uh, Keith, Clay Duval of the Salesmanship Club just told us that it's sold out for the first time since 2008, which means everybody's going to be watching on CBS 11 with a little little golf channel and ESPN plus thrown in. But but uh, so you you're, you can expect some some big viewership numbers uh, this weekend, and I'm sure also for your for your coverage and, and the feature stories you mentioned. All right, so Keith, as you remember, this is the portion of the podcast where we ask our media guests to give us a streaming recommendation, a download recommendation, could be book, music, TV, movie, uh, you name it, podcast. And you surprised us all last August when you dropped some horror movies and, and, uh, and stuff on us because uh, you seem like such a nice guy, but uh, <laughs> you, you, know, you, you went to the dark side a little bit, which we all enjoyed. So, so what, do you, what do you have for us uh, this time on your return visit? Um, a couple shows I'm watching. I will never give you a book. Okay. So with that, you know, I know somebody's out there like, oh, I knew he didn't read. He didn't read. I, I read, uh, so much during the day. I gotta be honest. I can't bring myself to go home and, and, and read books or mag. I flip through. I flip, I'm a flipper. I flip through, but in terms of, uh, television, I can tell you, well, wait a minute at the end of this month, I don't care if I'm the only one in that AMC theater in Forney, Texas. I am seeing Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I hear it's amazing. I love Top Gun Maverick. It took it took too long to remake the thing. I'm finally going to see it. You know, um, on TV, there are a couple shows that I've kind of uh, and engrossed myself in, and I think one of them just ended unfortunately. Is Winning Time on HBO, and, and it talks about the the 1980 season when the entire LA Lakers franchise transformed with Dr. Jerry Buss purchasing the franchise from Jack Kent Cooke and Magic Johnson being the Lakers first pick and how that totally changed not just the Lakers franchise but the NBA because if you remember in the same year Larry Bird was a rookie and with the Boston Celtics, while Magic was a rookie with the LA Lakers, and Larry wins Rookie of the Year, and Magic goes on to win the uh, NBA championship and be cha- uh, NBA Finals MVP. And it's just like, it, it, I know some of it is fictional. I know it's dramatized, but it is so like, I, I'm like, I didn't know that. I didn't, and some of it, I, 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 I've heard certain people complain that they think the depictions aren't as accurate, but it is to me, I thought it was well done. And I enjoyed going back and seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff. The other thing is uh, the other show is I'm only on episode three. I don't know how many I said limited series. I don't know if that means three or four, but it's called the staircase and it's on HBO. And I think that I got, I got caught up in it one day and I watched it and I was like, I don't know what I'm watching but this is interesting. And then it flashes forward and goes back and goes forward and goes back. And the cinematography is so great that it, it, it's, it's amazing. So 
you know, my, my, you know, they asked a question today on air guys and, and they were talking about like Maverick top gun. And they said, what's your call? What's your call name? What's your call name? Like Maverick top gun goose. And they asked me, me, um, what's your call name? And I said, I'm the enigma because people don't <laughs> understand half the time. Like, how is he over here, but also over here. And we would think he, he likes that, but then he also likes that. And those two things aren't supposed to go together. And so I find that I, I, I challenge myself to try to enjoy a lot of different things and in the process, learn a lot. I try to know a little bit about a lot, like uh, a little bit about the fact that uh, we might be getting the World Cup. Um, I'm waiting on, I'm waiting to see when that's going to go down. You I'm and Monica both. Well, you maybe pop up out of my chair, Keith. So uh, I, we're, we're still waiting. We're, we're hearing maybe an announcement in, in June. I don't have a set date yet. So uh, believe me, I want to know it just as bad as you. You know, you want to know it worse, Monica, because you have worked hard and tirelessly and endlessly to help bring this to DFW. And I know a lot of people are grateful just for the uh, possibility that Dallas-Fort Worth lands arguably the biggest you know, uh, uh, singular, not singular one day, but arguably the biggest sporting event in the world when you start talking about a tournament. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm like, uh, you know, FIFA, we need to know before 2026 if we're hosting this because we have a lot of planning to, to, to get to. This is like uh, no other event that we've hosted. So it's uh, it's going to take uh, an army to, to pull it off. So. But Keith, I, I let Monica down in that uh, oh. she wanted to talk about Ozark last week. And I said, no, I'm not finished. Uh, it, so no spoiler alert. She had, I think, you know, she I promised I would have get, gotten caught up and I have failed. I, like so I apologize to Monica. So taking Ozark off the table, Monica, what, uh, what I know, else would you I know, like? So like? I'm going to have to rewatch the last the entire last season of Ozark to be able to be able to talk about it whenever you finally catch up. But th that's OK. Um, I, I haven't done a lot to myself. I've been a little bit busy, but, uh, last night I did start, uh, the, the season that was just released for Grace and Frankie, uh, Grace and Frankie happened to be the very first, uh, show that I ever watched on Netflix. I didn't know when, when Netflix came out, I had no clue what it was. And I was traveling at a, uh, to a conference or something. I was in the hotel room doing some work and I popped this Netflix on and said, all right, let me see what this is. And Grace and Frankie was it. So I've been uh, kind of dedicated to it. And I like Jane Fonda, too. So, yeah, Grace and Frankie is my 98 year old mother, uh, Rita Sullivan. It's her favorite show. So I watch it with her sometimes. It's really funny. And the a great first cast. episode oh, is yes. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it is, is so like hilarious. <laughs> it's really funny and really well done. I, uh, I have been so dialed in on the Mavericks and the Stars and the NBA and NHL playoffs in general. I have not w watched or read or done much of anything the last week. Uh, but two things. Number one, Keith, I have to give the same uh, my personal public service announcement that I gave to Joe Trahan last week on the mic drop when he talked about winning time is uh, – I, you know, I've had the privilege over the years to know Jerry West a little bit. Not, not, not closely, but I've been around him a lot and – and and uh, and know him a little bit, and the, the way he's depicted is is uh, is just sort of gut wrenchingly awful to me. And so on that basis, it's one thing to depart from the source material and and add in dramatic things because it's not a documentary. 
Uh, but th- that that kind of wrecked it for me. And they take so many liberties with even basic things like scores and outcomes of games. Yeah. I love John C. Riley as Jerry Buss, but after episode two, uh, I bailed on on the grounds really out of loyalty to Chick Hearn and and Jerry mm-hmm. Buss who are and uh, uh, Jerry West who are portrayed not anything like even close to what uh, they were in Chick Hearn's case and I think are in Jerry West's case, but. But uh, the only thing that I would add this week is, uh, again, I'm spending time with my mom. We were looking for a show to watch on Netflix, and we came across Spencer Confidential, which as I watched it, I realized I had seen it once before. It's Mark Wahlberg action based on the Robert B. Parker uh, series of detective books about Spencer. Now, this is a big departure. It was from one of the books written by a guy named Ace Adkins after Robert B. Parker's death. But the reason I bring this up is, uh, this show on Netflix was actually had, had more views than than Tiger King during the pandemic. Wow. So if you're looking for, you know, and it's mostly family friendly, but not entirely. Uh, but it's a good action thing. Wahlberg is great. There's a great cast. And so Spencer Confidential, there's a sequel coming, I think, next year. Pretty good. That's about the only thing I've watched other than the, other than NHL and NBA uh, playoff games. So. Well, I will, Keith- I, I will tell you, Kevin, uh, I, I hope you have a little bit more time to watch NBA and NHL playoff games. I, 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 I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that the uh, – I want to say what happened to the Mavs last night was an aberration. Obviously, that was their worst game of the entire postseason. And I've said before earlier this week, I still kind of get to wear my sports hat because we have to talk about it because that transcends to news. Uh, when the Stars and Mavs are in the playoffs or when the Cowboys are in the draft or Byron Nelson this week. Um, they will have to, I said it earlier this week, they have to win in Phoenix to win the series. Well, now their chances of winning in Phoenix depend on only if they can win in uh, American Airlines Center to force a Game 7. If they force a Game 7, guys, you know, Game 7s are always toss-ups because everybody's nervous. So it's no longer about skill. It's about who's going to be able to harness those nerves the best. And I really do think the Mavs are capable, not just capable, I, I, I picked them to win the series. So if they can force a game seven, I, I like Luca in a game seven. I like the idea of Luca in a game seven because I know he's going to show up. The stars, yeah, we, they're surprising people because they're the huge underdog. Well, I'm right there with you on, on both counts, Keith. The In uh, J-Kid, we trust by the time this podcast drops, we will know the outcome of game six and if there is going to be a game seven. Uh, but but it's been a positive year for the Mavericks, a good step forward in terms of the most wins in the regular season since the championship advancing for the first time. Uh, Jay Kidd establishing himself as a, as a bonafide top NBA head coach. Uh, but it'll be a big offseason for both the Mavericks and Stars, no matter what happens in these two series. Uh, but, but good for them for, for, for hanging in there. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, stay, staying, uh, staying strong. Thanks again, Keith, for joining us today on behalf of Monica Paul and the Dallas sports commission. Thanks to Keith and all of our guests today. Also thanks to the Mike drop production team, Daniel white, Pescura, Angela Lang, Marcus Carr, Reeves Edens, all of Tony Faye PR. Thanks to Rennet vocal media. And of course our showrunner, Tony Faye until next time. Thanks for listening, everybody.